0: Hello and welcome to Table Talk. As always, I am your host, Alvis Williams, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in today. Today, we are continuing our series, Biblical Literacy, and this is part two of a three-part series. You know, the scriptures are study to show thyself approved unto God, a work that needeth not be ashamed rightly, dividing the word of truth. Now, as you all know that I have a special guest with me. I have a brother, a good friend of mine, Brandon DC, uh, out of Danville, Virginia. Uh, He's also from uh, actually Norfolk, Virginia. And I have him. He's going to be joining me. Uh, This brother is a good friend of mine. And he is definitely a leader and a gift to the body of Christ. However, before we proceed uh, into this episode, I just want to let you know that to never miss an episode, to never miss a show, continue to subscribe and subscribe and share this. Share this with a friend. Share this with someone to be an enrichment, to be an encouragement to their life. So, And also, if you like to reach out to us also on Facebook, you can do that. That's Table underscore talk 80 to reach out to us on our facebook our, so, our social media our instagram as well um that's table talk 80 as well on instagram just continue to, to go and follow us and just let us be a blessing uh, uh into your life it's always a privilege and an honesty to be able to occupy uh, a space uh, and not take that space for granted but being able to bring you real good biblical christian content but like i said i have brandon DC with me and and I'm just excited and before we kind of dive into it I want to give a, a brief bio uh, about Brandon B.C. And, and who he is. Uh Brandon B.C. is a 23-year-old native uh, from Norfolk, Virginia. He was raised by a single mother and has an older brother and two sisters. While living in Norfolk, uh, Brandon attended Granby High School, then later on went to attend uh, Averett University in the fall of 2013. While attending Averett University, Brandon played one-year football and served as a resident assistant for three years and a peer instructor for, uh, for one year as well. And, and orientation Leader for three years. At that time, he was also a student and ambassador for three years and a leader of, of the group Fellowship of Christian Athletes for three years as well. Along with serving in these positions, Brandon served as the president of of Avery's Chapter of the National Society of Leadership and Success for three years. In the spring of 2017, Brandon graduated uh, with his bachelor's degree in communication and is currently getting his master's degree in business administration. After reading this, I thought to myself, listen, today, guys, we are in for a special treat. Uh, this just uh, just reading this bio just compels me to let me know that this is a leader. Today we are uh, discussing biblical literacy, and and I believe that today we we are speaking to a a leader. As I begin to look over just the, the years that that he's invested, uh, the leader of a, of the Fellowship Christian Athletes, and just uh, also the president. of of Ava's chapter of the National Society. Today, guys, we are speaking with a leader and I'm just thankful for Brandon. I'm thankful for his gift. Today, we are actually gonna be uh, discussing three topics. Number one is how can we promote biblical principles without actually quoting scripture in an environment that is not inclined to, to no belief system. I, I think that's an important one there. Um, also, we're going to the next one, which is how can we resist worldly temptation through a biblical perspective? Uh, that's going to be a great one to eat on. And our last one is going to be, what disciplines have you personally adopted that keeps you grounded in the word of God? We're going to be talking to Brandon about what disciplines have he personally adopted that keeps him grounded in the word. So I'm just thankful to have Brandon VC to join us today. And I'm just excited and just going to dive right into it. Brandon, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Awesome, Brandon. How are you feeling today, man?
1: Uh, I feel great, man. I'm uh truly honored to even uh, be in this position, man. Um, it's just it's really exciting and uh definitely don't take something like this for granted. So
2: Yes sir, it's um,
0: We are thankful to have you here at Table Talk. Uh and it's just an honor, man. I I I'm I'm just uh just ready to dive in and just dissect this. Is there anything before we get started, I always like to kind of just allow the guest to kind of just say something to the audience. Is there anything that you would like to say to the audience before we get started?
1: Yes, uh, 100%. Um, For all of those who are listening, um, I would just want to say that it's one thing to listen to Mm -hmm. biblical principles being taught, but it's another thing to apply. One of the biggest things that I learned is that in the Bible, it talks about the house being built on the sand thing is, in that parable that Jesus was teaching, it wasn't two unbelievers, right? It wasn't a person who was a believer and a person who was in culture. He was giving that parable about two believers. The only difference is that one person listened to the word and one applied. So when you're listening, please take it seriously and just really apply the principles that we're talking about to your life, because if you apply it, it will change your life.
0: So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And our first bullet point is how can we as believers promote biblical principles without quoting scripture in an environment that is not inclined to any kind of belief system? Could you kind of elaborate on that? How can we promote biblical principles?
1: Absolutely. So I love a quote that St. Francis of Assisi said. He said, always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words right? So,
2: yes,
1: so, so by this quote, St. Francis is suggesting that preaching the gospel is more about a life that you live as opposed to words that you speak. Now, I don't want to reduce the relevance of speaking the word. Of course, that's 100% important. That is true, and we need to do that. However, we learn, children, us, we learn from what we see being done, right? And it's about the life that we live. And I believe that 100% as believers, we live, we work, and we operate in a world that operates apart from God's principles. We live in a world that operates apart from God's system. So by this, I'm suggesting that while those of us who are believers are living a life according to God's values, his principles, and his priorities, those who are not believers are living according to societies and pop culture's value system. Are you wow.
2: Understand
1: what I'm Are you, so wow. we live in the same spaces, we go to the same schools, we work in the same offices, but we operate according to a different system, believers and non-believers. Are you understand what I'm saying?
0: Exactly. So And I, and I love that because uh, I think St. Francis, when you look at that, um, I think of James and how James said, be not only hearers of the word, but be exactly. doers. Of the word. In other words, uh, interpretation and application just doesn't come through what I hear. It comes through what I do. That's and whenever right. I allow the word to be interpreted in in how I'm walking and when I'm conducting myself, people are able to see it.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you said interpretation because it's so important that we have articulate and intellectual but also practical leaders teaching the Word of God because how we interpret a thing determines how we apply a thing. So if we're not giving the correct interpretation, then we're going to have the wrong application and expose ourselves to a different belief system. So it's so, it's so important that we have people who are actually, I mean, truly living this thing out. But not just mm-hmm. living it, but are articulately and effectively teach it and give it in a way that says, hey, look, I'm not fake. I don't have it all together. I, I'm not perfect, but I do operate in excellence. And you can look at what I'm doing and match it to what I'm saying to know that it is real and it is true and that if you apply it, it will change your life.
0: True. And, and I know, um, you know, sometimes the quoting of the word sometimes offends people within a marketplace or a secular arena the this quoting, just quoting the word sometimes becomes offensive. And, and I would encourage somebody out there that, you know, just because you're not quoting it does not actually mean that it's not effective. And I think sometimes, sometimes people, especially if you've been engulfed and ingrained in church for so long, sometimes you feel like If I'm not quoting it, it's not effective. But the word of God does not render itself ineffective because I'm not quoting it. Like what Jesus said in John uh, chapter 14, he was like, if you don't believe the things that I say for the work's sake, (laughs) the things that that I do. And I love that. I love that what you said, that interpretation, um, because if things are not interpreted correctly, they're inaccurately applied. I love that. I love that.
1: That's so true. And <laughs> I'm glad you brought up James because, you know, you said, Oh well, people, just because you're not quoting it does not mean, you know, that it, it isn't effective. And in James, um I'm sitting here have my Bible open right in James, because that was one of the scriptures that I was pulling from. And in James, I'm I'm only gonna read two scriptures. It says, What does it profit brethren though a man say he says he has faith but has not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? So, by this James is suggesting, if you are a believer and you see someone on the street who's hungry or who's cold, and you throw a scripture at them, what mm-hmm. does it? I mean, what, what does it profit them? What is going to profit them is, a hey, let me get you some food. Hey, let me give you a blanket. Exactly. Let me give you a mark. So it is more so our actions. True. And the love that we give off that people see, you know, oh. who we are and what we're about. It's not always about running up the street and throwing scriptures at people. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: to expand on my first uh, bullet point, you know, when we deal with this promoting biblical scriptures in an environment that's not inclined to belief, there's two extremes that we fall into. So as believers, they're like, you normally, most times often, most often you'll see these two extremes. Either we are overly religious, judgmental, and self-righteous, or we call ourselves believers, but we adopt worldly principles and live according to the world's standards. Those are the two extremes that usually we fall into. And truly what I've just learned, and I'm learning by living, right? So I'm always learning.
2: That's
1: true. That's <laughs> true. So you know, the, the struggle is balance, right? Not true. going too far one way and not going too far the other way. It's about balance. It's about true. being right in the middle. Hey, I love you, but I'm a man of God. So, there's just things that I wouldn't do. 100%. I'm not going to judge you because, one, it's not my place. When you understand your place, you understand your responsibilities. So, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: see? So, when you
0: understand your place, you understand your responsibilities.
1: 100%. I am not God. It is not my place to judge another person's decisions. If you ask me for my opinion, I will give you my opinion, but it does not mean you have to listen to what I say. At the end of the day, you can do whatever you choose to do, but you did ask for my opinion. Now, I'm not going to judge you because, like I said, I'm not God. It's not my place. It's not my home. Those are the two extremes that we really fall into because religion has taught us that we have to work and work and work and work our way to God. And honestly, if you understand the definition of grace, you understand that. Your work is in vain. There's nothing you can do, you know? (laughs)
2: True.
1: True. And when I say this, I'm not saying, you know, that we're not supposed to go to work. We're not supposed to drive our cars or send our kids to school or or manage our money well. We need to do these things. Like, those things are important. We need to go to work, you know, and, and manage money well and send our kids to school. These things are important. I'm not talking about things like that. I'm talking about our mindset. And the way we approach the situations in our lives, people are looking and searching for ways to deal and handle situations. They're looking at believers and they're seeing the way that we're reacting to things, and they're like, "Man, if that's what they're teaching in their church, then why do why do I need to go to church?" You know what yeah, I mean? So job. people are looking, and I don't, I don't want, I don't ever want to be the person that thinks that. They they look at my life and think that they can do better than Jesus, you know. So and that's
2: and
0: that's it's it's religion. I heard a saying one time. I think it was Joyce Meyer, she said. Uh, religion is man's ideal of God's expectation. Mm-hmm. And, and when I get from that, a lot of times we religion seeks God through works, but but relationship is what relationship. God already did did in the work, you know. And we just have to submit. We just have to submit. You know what I'm saying uh to the work the work has already been done, but when we attempt to try to work what he's already worked out um I think that that falls into us being um bigot bigotry uh religious, and that's when I attempt to try to hold someone to an expectation of my own uh ideology,
1: a lot of times we're holding people in the world to a standard that we can't even meet, and <laughs> and it's. And really, I think the works and what it comes from is, one, I think it's, one, it's pride, um, and two, it's comparison, because we want to be better than you. Like,
2: mm-hmm. we got to
1: be, we have to be better. So we take this thing called religion and Christianity and make it seem like if I'm checking all the boxes and you're not checking all the boxes, then automatically I'm a better Christian than you. And <laughs>
2: Come
1: on, BC. <laughs> you know, so, talk, he, y'all
0: listen to a leader. Y'all listening to a leader today?
1: you said so, so we, we so
0: we compete and compare. <laughs> like I'm a better Christian.
1: <laughs> we live in man, we live in such an age of comparison and mm. out and we're competing even in even in the even in the body of believers, man. And so if we oh, I didn't oh I don't do this. I'm not Stand up late and on the internet, or I'm not, you know, smoking, or I'm not drinking, I'm not doing this. I check all these boxes off, so God loves me more than you. And 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 that's so far off, and it's that's so not right. And I love, I mean, knowing God, the more you know Him, the more you love Him. And um, it is His grace. It's His grace, mm-hmm. unearned, undeserved favor of God. Literally, it's unearned, which means He's telling you to stop trying to work for it. In the True. definition, he's telling you, you cannot work for it, so you're wasting your time. It's grace. It's the grace of God, and that is, he's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of principles.
2: True. If True. You...
0: That's, that's it. How can we... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And people will respect principles before they respect people. Uh, moving on I to do... our next point, moving on to our yes, next sir. point, um, how can we resist worldly temptation through a biblical perspective
1: uh, absolutely resist
0: worldly temptation through a biblical perspective
1: yeah so one of the first things that we have to understand if you are a believer and you follow the not only the message but the method of Jesus Christ you have to understand that the bible is your ultimate authority 100% the bible is the ultimate authority it is it is our standard for living, for living, for operating, and for being, right? So, when we do that, when, when, so when we're talking about temptation, we have to know who we are. Identity. Sure. Identity. We have to deal with that. And I'm going to, well, before I get to the scripture, um, when you have identity issues, Where you don't really know who you are, then any temptation can come along and take you over. Mm -hmm. As as leaders, right, in these leadership classes that they'll teach you, they'll give you, you know, um, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And everybody wants to run to their strengths and write down their weaknesses and act like they don't matter. But to truly grow, um, we want, we need to, yes, we need to maximize our gifts, our talents, and our strengths However, we need, but we need to be able to identify our weaknesses. We need to be able to identify them so that when we're not walking in pride. You understand what I'm saying? We have to know who we are so that we can better stand against certain temptations. And we see this, and like I said, I we have to follow not only the message of Jesus, but the method. So the way he handled situations, the way he dealt with things, the way he dealt with hard times. So... Um in Matthew, mm. um Matthew four, one through four. I'm gonna read four scriptures and then I'm gonna dissect it. Is that all right?
0: Let's go. Let's
1: go. <laughs> the script uh it says, Then Jesus was led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he fasted forty days and forty nights afterward he hungered. That's important. It's important mm. that we that we pay attention to the fact that the text tells us that Jesus hungered after he fasted. So, let's remember that. All right? And when the temple came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But then Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and sat him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear up thee, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And you know the third way he tempts them. Um, He tries to get them to fall down and worship him to say, But here we see, one, Let's let's really dissect this and really pay attention to how Jesus resisted temptations, right? So what we see is, Like I said, it is important that we don't skim over the fact that – and before we go any further, can I I talk about the way we read the word of God? I know we live in – (laughs) Yeah, Let's go. I know
2: we live
0: Listen, we're speaking with – listen, we're talking – listen, this right here is for – today is for leaders. Uh, Biblical literacy today, we're talking to leaders and – DC, you got free range. I want you to go at it. Yes, sir.
1: Let's go. I know we live in such an age where there's so much social media and we have so much BuzzFeed, but you cannot read the Word of God like BuzzFeed. You can't do that. You cannot read the Word of God like it's BuzzFeed because if you do, you're going to miss so many important things. And when I was meditating um, before... Um, I started this, and I was meditating, I was studying, and I and I almost missed the fact that it, the type showed us, hey, Jesus hungered. So now that having that out of the way, we see that Jesus, Jesus, he knew who he was. So when when the enemy questioned whether or not he was the Son of God, he didn't feel compelled to prove himself. You understand what I'm saying?
2: so <laughs> Yeah,
0: come on, come on. Yes, sir. He didn't feel, he didn't feel compelled to prove it. Means, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to chime in, but, but let, I got to say this. I'm amazed by the, by the, the people of God that attempt to prove themselves. And when I think of that, I'm thinking trying to keep up with the Joneses. There you God, go. God, no, God has got me, you no, know, uh, I'm blessed with this new car, but you paying $680 for it. And what you calling a blessing? What you calling a blessing publicly is privately a curse. But I'm gonna
1: just leave that alone. Go ahead. Good, good. man. I'm not even gonna bother that man because that's the stuff that people want me. Um, and that's good. But I'm gonna keep going.
2: <laughs>
1: um, and so, and what I was thinking. So Jesus didn't. He didn't feel compelled to prove who he was. So he didn't need to give in the wow. into the position to prove who he was to someone who questioned his identity because he knew who he was. He said, look, I am the Son of God.
0: I, that's right.
1: In the, When Jesus got baptized in the Jordan River, the Father that we, first of all, we see the, that is when we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together at one because the Father spoke, the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and the Son was being baptized in the river. So we see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit together. That's one of the times we see it in the Word of God. So that's when we see that. And after Jesus came out of the river, God said, "This is my son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased." And this happened before Jesus ever did a miracle.
2: True. <laughs> True. No God,
0: work he had. at that time. He's done nothing.
1: At nothing
2: he before he ever did.
1: Just... <laughs> God, God affirmed who Jesus was. He said, "This is my son." And this is a big thing too. This is why some. That's why fatherhood is important. That's why parenthood is important to tell their kids who they are, and when that's not there, children go out and search for it in different ways. That's why they struggle with certain things, but I'm not going to bother that either.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I want touch on it just a little bit just a little bit because that might that young person or that parent might be listening and and that affirmation that validation comes from a father it comes from a parent by telling them who they are the identity of who they are is
2: found
0: in
1: what 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 that mom what that dad what that parental guardian said man it's, it's, it's so crucial that it's so crucial that hey like I didn't have a dad in my life he he hasn't been there and I was I was raised by my mom but there were certain things that I encountered in life that my mom couldn't teach me because she's a woman you understand and I'm not saying that to down but there's a position that a father plays in a young man's life You understand what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I was, and it is the grace of God. I had, you know, I took rites of passage classes, and um, my mom, she was a strong woman. She always had us in church, um, and she told me, she said, put God first. And I put God first, and I was, I can honestly say that without a shadow of a doubt, it is the word of God that, I mean, shaped me, um, shaped the young Mm man that I'm. So, um. And it's no exaggeration when he says if if you need a father, he will be your father um so that is so important that you know as as fathers or mothers, you know that you affirm your children um because they need to know who they are or else they're going to look to the world and social media and they're gonna look for that to tell them who they are and search for and search for dysfunctional affirmation
2: mm. oh say
0: that at this. Functional affirmation.
1: Functional affirmation. So when I say dysfunctional affirmation, I'm talking about posting pictures of yourself on the internet and getting likes. Um, I'm talking about, yeah, things. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean when I talk about dysfunctional yeah. affirmation. I'm To give an mm-hmm. example. Um, and so people will go out and they'll and they'll go out and get that, and then people in the world will call them thirsty, when really,
0: come on, come on you now.
1: know. So um that's, that's why that's important. And so we see God affirm Jesus. And when he was being tempted, when he said, if thou be the Son of God, he said, look man, I don't need to, I don't need to turn these stones into bread. I am the Son of God. I know who I am. If I wanted to call angels down here to come bring me some food, I could do it. You understand what I'm saying? No, so he didn't need to prove himself. Right, and also what we see. This is probably the big one of the biggest points here that I'm about to talk about when they talk when we talk about having a biblical perspective and biblical literacy. Any time the three times Satan tempted Jesus, every time he responded, he said, "It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written." written." So this suggests that Jesus knew the Word. Well, He is the Word. Let me be clear, He is the. But he has has a clear understanding of what is said in the Word, right? So he had to answer before the problem came. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had to answer before the problem came. So I'm gonna give an I'm gonna give a, a an an example that we can apply now. If you are a young man who operates according to God's standards, if a young lady is coming at you and and saying, hey. We should do this, and you know that I shouldn't do this before I get married. You have the answer to the problem. True. You have the answer. You know, hey, I shouldn't do this before I'm married because it'll destroy who I am. It'll destroy me. It'll destroy what it's truly about, and it'll distort the view of what God created. So you know, even before she asks you, hey you want to do this before, we're you, you know that I shouldn't do this before I get married. So once you've been exposed to truth, you're accountable for it. So it's not you didn't make a mistake because a mistake implies that someone did something by accident. you made a choice. True. Wow. 100%. So Jesus, when he could with the word, he said, it is written, hey, man shall not live by bread alone. So he knew. He said, he said, I know what's in the word, and I'm equipped with it, so I don't have to give in to this temptation. He knew that. And that's so important that we don't – we're not just reading the word like BuzzFeed, but we but that we know what's in it. We know what's in it. And I, I love <laughs> – this is another thing, too. Um, with temptation, another way to deal with it, we have to be real with ourselves and real with God. We live in a fallen world. One hundred percent. You are going to feel things. You have natural desires. We have to be real with ourselves and real with God. One hundred percent. When when Satan said, "If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made of bread." Jesus didn't say, "I, I don't want it." He didn't right. say, "I'm not hungry," because the text informed us that he was hungry. Come on now. So, so you, he didn't.
0: <laughs> Come so you telling me sometimes in this world, you know what I'm saying. You're gonna be hungry. Yeah, you're gonna be hungry. In other words, in other words, That's what, the, what the, the, the young generation call it thirsty. Man, sometimes you are gonna be thirsty. <laughs> but the greatest resistor, the greatest resistor is is me knowing who I am and what he want. He
1: says. didn't say he didn't say I don't want it. He didn't say I'm not hungry. He said it is written. And wow. we're gonna, there's nat, we're gonna have natural desires, but the way we beat that is say, God, I'm feeling this, but I need you right. to help me with. I say, God, I'm feeling this, but I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me deal with this, and then we pray. You gotta pray, and also the Bible talks about confessing one to another because that is how healing takes That's place. You
2: right. so
1: know what I'm saying? So it is important that one, when you feel it, don't minimize it, don't act like it's not there, don't be fake about it. When it comes up, address it, address it, address it. Because wow. if it's in the dark, you can't see it. You gotta bring it to
2: the light. Mm-hmm. Bring it to the moon. bring it to the light and deal with yeah. it. Because yeah. and that's why and that's why we that's why
1: that's why we stay stuck on so many things. We stay stuck struggling with so many wow. things. Is what we you
0: said. Just said. You said. Is I like what you just said. You said, bring it to the light. Um,
1: there
2: you go.
0: Bring it, to the, bring it to the light. I'm reminded where the scripture says that men, that they refuse the light and they love evil deeds because they love <laughs> the dark because their deeds are evil. And like you said, you have to bring it to the light. But one thing that i realized that as a young man is that in order to bring it to the light, you have to operate in this thing called integrity.
2: That's and, good.
0: And, and, and one thing about integrity is that a man that has integrity is able to stand before the Lord exposed and not be ashamed. So this is whenever, remember when the Lord comes back and he says, Adam, in the garden, he said, Adam, where are thou? Adam said I was afraid because I was naked. Prior to them sinning, they wasn't afraid. They're like, I'm good. But like you just said you have to bring it to the light and whenever I'm willing to take the initiative that's another word we need to, to uh, yeah, implement yeah. there is when I'm willing to take the initiative to bring it before the light it's like you said you know it just brings everything to the surface and, and man that's just good stuff BG I'm telling you this is
2: today is mind
0: blowing here on table talk guys we taking it to another dimension <laughs> because this is good stuff you can continue brother. I've got a
1: couple more bullet points I really want to hit but before I get there I want to say that that's really, you talked about integrity. I'm so glad you said that because that's what we're talking about. I mean, for, for you, when you're really serious about God, you go from honesty to transparency.
2: <laughs>
1: honest, the difference between honesty and transparency is if you're being honest, if I ask you a question, then you have the opportunity to be honest. Transparency takes initiative. You've just said it. Transparency takes initiative. Transp- you don't have to be honest if I'm not addressing you with certain questions that make you that force you to be honest
2: true
1: but if you're transparent then you're taking the initiative and saying hey man hey man i'm struggling with this hey man i'm dealing with this hey um true. hey what's happening you know you're taking the initiative and that's the difference between honesty and transparency they're both important but there is a difference and the difference is maturity
2: true
1: it's maturity um and also what we see here. And, uh, resisting worldly temptation through a biblical perspective is this, this, this notion of feelings. I'm gonna get in this, man, because Jesus didn't let his feelings at the present moment override what God said in his word. Mm. You understand? He mm-hmm. did not,
2: he didn't
1: let his feelings at the present moment override what God told him in his word. He was hungry. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He had the right to be hungry. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying?
2: Yes. So. Yes, sir.
1: So, and some of us, you know, we just give in to any any feeling at any moment. Our feelings are our authority. And for some of us as believers, man, God is only in control until things are going wrong.
2: Mm. (laughs) Wow.
1: And and when things...
0: so He's only in in control.
1: Things are going right. (laughs) When things start to go wrong, he, he snaps the controller. You understand what I'm saying, and and as soon as our feeling, our our, our feelings become our master. When you understand what I'm saying, when things True. take a turn, and sometimes our tempers becomes our master, our feelings become our master, um, our natural desires become our master. You understand what I'm saying, True. and True. as soon as you, I want people to hear this right here. As soon as you make a decision. That is out of God's rule and out of God's standard. You have to sustain that decision. Mm. You have to sustain it. We we were not called to sustain. If we can, I go to Genesis. If we go to Genesis, (laughs) if we go to Genesis, and we look at the way God set it up, God created us to live and dwell and glorify Him forever. Mm. To glorify Him forever. See, we were not created to live forever in rebellion to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what sin did. Sin separated us from God. We were never supposed to work by our brow. We were never supposed to do that. That's a result of sin. You understand what I'm saying? So God has a purpose for our life. He wants to be the guide. He wants us to operate according to his standards and his will. He has a purpose for us. He wants to operate in his purpose. But when we decide that, God, I don't really need your way, I want to do it my way. Then you sustain that path. You you have to sustain it. You understand? And so operating within his will, his standards, and I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about that, but it's an active pursuit. It's an active pursuit of him, pursuing him daily, making decisions daily. It is not magic. (laughs) It is not magic. And it is not easy. We will have hard times. Of course you're going to have hard times when you're trying to be a believer and you're living in the world that we're living. And, of course, it's not going to be easy, you know. So we have to not deviate from God's principles even when things get difficult. We can't deviate from the principles. The devil was Mm. talking to him. His body was talking to him. Satan was talking to him. But he filtered. He filtered out those voices. And focus on what God said in his word. And that's why it's important to be biblically literate because God isn't the only person talking to us. Wow.
2: Man. <laughs> so, uh, man.
0: So
1: biblical literate
0: allows us to be in tune with yes. talking. Because like you said, it, it, it's our feelings it, that's talking. It's Luther's yeah. talking. Yep. People with people with good heart giving bad advice. are <laughs> our, our insecurities <laughs> talking. Talking,
1: man,
0: listen, that's good stuff.
1: The Word of God is a filter. So there are some things that, one of the, also, what we see here in in just these eight scriptures here, when Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus didn't stop and pray and ask God, hey, what do I do? He knew what to do because he read the Word. <laughs> <laughs> so he
0: wasn't ignorant, he wasn't ignorant to the devices the schemes, the tricks, the plot, the tactics—he wasn't ignorant. Ignorant, he knew. <laughs> he knew the word, so he was—he was—he was well equipped to know to know he how to handle it. Like he said previously, he didn't wait for a problem to have the answer. He had the answer when the problem showed up.
1: Here you go. There you go. One hundred percent. He had it before it showed up. He didn't stop and turn down and say, "Hey, God, uh, what am I supposed to do?" He said, "Look, it's written." <laughs> he said, "Look, wow, it's but." Also, what I want to highlight here, too, is um, because I want to make sure that I don't miss this. In the fifth verse, fifth and sixth verse, it says, Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give angels charge concerning thee. Now, what we see here is that Satan was, he, he knew the word as well because he informed us that it is written. In the scripture, he says, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Right? And, that, and earlier I was talking about having important leaders in our lives and being careful of the voices that we listen to because sometimes we have people who can distort the word of God that's right. um, and use that. So we have to be so careful of the leaders that we che- that we allow to speak into our lives and that whoever we choose to allow in our ear, because that's so important who we give our ear to, we have to be important that. They're not only speaking it, but they're, that they're living it too. Not holding them to a perfect standard, but that there's someone that you can that the fruit of their lives is true, Um and that's so important, you know. Maybe, well, what
0: has our well, definitely what what has our ear has our attention. One hundred percent. And you said it best. um You said it best just a few minutes ago. You talk about like the social media. Yes. And just uh just so many things uh now um that have us distracted. Um you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh and I and I'm not saying that those are platforms or tools at right. a level. That's that's just, just uh, crazy, absurd. What I am saying is that what, when something has your attention to the degree that you have to have it first thing in the morning, or it has to be the last oh, thing before you go to yeah. go to bed. It, there's, there's an issue. There's there's a problem, and uh, and and he knows that what has your what has your ear has your attention. And there you um doing.
1: That's good stuff. It's crucial. It's important. Um, I just, I just know that. Uh, I am, man. The things that I I know that. I've gotten to where I am today because, not because I'm perfect, because I'm not by any means, um, but I truly do seek God, you know, in uh, decisions that I make. You know, I get impatient some days with people, you know. Um, I get fatigued some days, you know, and I don't like decisions. I don't agree with decisions that other people make every day, you know. I, I'm I'm not perfect, but... I do choose to operate in a spirit of excellence. That means one, I hold myself to, you know, hey, because this is important to me. I want, at the end of the day, I've I've asked myself this question. I was sitting in my office. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be transparent with you. I I was sitting in my office and there was this question that really hit me, you know, because I'm a mentor and you know, and I and, and the question he said, I I said, and, and it really, God just hit me with this question. He said, what do you want? He said, what do you want for people? He said, I know you want to help people, but what do you want for people? And it hit me and it was so easy. I said, I want people to experience the best that God has for them. That's mm. what I want. That's really what I want. Mm. I want, I want to know, I want people to know that there is better that God, what God has to offer you is so much better than what this world has to offer and that if you
2: would surrender your belief system to his, then you would see it. True.
1: That's, True. that's it, man. You know? It's stuff.
0: And, and, BC, I know you were, you were talking about, you know, how you, you saw and just seek God um and, and I'm a firm believer sometimes we ask God, you know, why am I why am I not seeing this or why isn't this coming to fruition or why haven't this materialized in my life? Um and I'm a firm believer sometimes we haven't seen much because we haven't sought much. And yeah. and uh it's like what you said, the seeking aspect. Um we have to be seekers sweet. We have to uh like what David says, as the deer passes by the water brook he says, uh, so my soul penneth uh, after you, my soul runneth hard after thee, oh God. And I was doing a study on that and and how when you, I, lo- I always looked at that scripture and I thought that was a, you know, a jolly, joyful scripture. David was saying, you know, uh, that, you know, my, my soul runneth hard after thee as the deer panther by the water brook. And um, just realized that David, when we go back and look at that scripture, David was actually running. He was running for his life. There was an yeah. enemy that was running out, that was seeking him. So, so because the enemy was seeking him, he was seeking out his father. He was seeking out God, uh, his refuge. And uh, you know, I, I love it because me and my wife was sitting down. We were studying uh, this, and she brought it to my attention. She said that the deer. Uh, becomes refreshed when he when like a dog that laps water you know when they're overheated because dogs don't have uh, what they call sweat pores and like a a deer doesn't have sweat pores so therefore they take of the water and it refreshes them it, 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 in other words it it hydrates them because they won't become dehydrated and and the and the deer uh you know does that because it, it seeks it, it it senses excuse me an attack. And so, therefore, it seeks after, you know, it needs that water. And 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 I thought about that. I said, how many of us are truly seeking God? Which I requires. I believe that requires a discipline, which brings us to our next bullet point. And this mm-hmm. is a personal question right here. I always like to put in the bullet point of every show is, um, BC, mm-hmm. what disciplines have you personally adopted that keeps you grounded in the Word? And I just wanted you to, to elaborate on that just a little bit. I just want to segue right into that next bullet point because it seemed like the opportune time. And yeah. what what disciplines have you personally adopted that keeps you grounded
1: in the Word of God? 100%, man. So every, when I was, I, I was saved at nine, right? And so, you know, when you get saved at nine, it's, it's, okay, I'm going to get saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you're gonna go to church, and you know, I want to be a good kid, you know. And then you get saved, right? You go to church and you get saved. You give your heart to the Lord. But even then, you know, I had an, I kind of had an understanding. But when I was 16, I was sold out. You understand what I'm saying? So wow. there was, there was, there was no compromise at 16. No compromise, you know. And when, at at 16, even then, you know, it doesn't become magic. It means. Like, hey, you know, I, I'm sold out. You know, I'm gonna trust God in what I do, and I'm gonna seek Him. And and but, so, but when you read the Bible, you know, you start off reading certain things, and you read in the morning, and you know, sometimes you fall asleep during your reading, and you know, you don't always get through it, and you know, so. But every year that I've every year I've grown, and when you grow, you know, your 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 love for it increases. And one of my biggest disciplines that man, when I wake up in the morning, man, um, before I attack my day, um, before my feet hit the floor, I am praying and I am reading. Um, I don't like to call it reading; I like to call it meditating because I'm, you know, I'm saying, hey, how can I apply this? Where do I need to apply this? I'm praying, you know, that areas would be exposed that I need to apply and that I need to learn. So every every morning, I don't care where i have to go if i have to go to a doctor's appointment i'm getting up 45 minutes to an hour before i have to be there because it is because it's it's a priority to me you understand what i'm saying um it's i'm not and i'm not sitting here saying that everybody has to do that and i'm not saying that i am better than anybody because i do because that is so not true um and i don't want that and i don't want that to be you know the you know, how I'm coming off, but that's just me, it's important to me that I do that, because I don't want to wake up in the morning and go to work and snap on somebody, you know, I don't want (laughs) to be
2: impatient, I don't want to be
1: impatient with someone, or I don't want to, I want to handle situations the right way, I don't want to, you know, and that has been so crucial to me, so that's the biggest, that's the number one discipline, um, and also before I go to bed, you know, I'm, I'm praying, um, and reading, you know, um, so, and even if it's you know a good book you know about you know i've I just finished up a book called grace um and so that's things like that, whether it's a good book that's you know a one incredible source let's identify that, and not just any old book you know um so I'm praying and reading in the morning and before I go to bed, so that's the biggest discipline for me and two um it's not just. Like I haven't gotten to where I am spiritually or mentally, anything by myself, you know um sure. I think it would be the biggest lie to for me to sit here and say that I got here all by myself because I haven't um i have I have had to be more careful about who I've surrounded myself with as far as friends acquaintances um you know um mentors and people that I have my ear. I've had to become more careful about that. Um, you know, my community, um, because it, I learned, man, that it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, how spiritually mature you think you are. If you surround yourself with with knuckleheads, man, then they're going to drag you down. Um, and the Bible tells us this. It's so true. It is not and that's a pride thing, that's something that I had to do with, you know, because I'm the kind of guy that thinks like, hey, you know, I can just help them out and, you know, bring them up and do this. And, yes, you can help them, but you also have to be careful that you're not allowing yourself to be brought down. And that's not just in habits, but that's also in ways that you think as well. Um, well you have to. I, I've had to be very careful that of who I, you know, communed with and, um, you know. Just hung out with, I've had to be very careful of that, even if, you know, that means I've, I've, uh, there's some friends that I really got along with in high school, um, and I've, you know, gone on, you know, Christmas break and they're still doing the same things that they were doing in high school. And then they get mad at me because they say, You've changed. And I'm like, Of course I've changed. I'm 22 years old now. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be do, doing the same things I was doing at 17, you know? Um, so and 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 that's a and that's not easy. I don't want here to you know people think that it's just easy to you know to kind of take a turn in 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 the man that I'm and having to teach to walk away from some people, but um, it's not easy to do that, but I've learned that history does not determine longevity, you know it's about health. Are you healthy for my destiny um yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are you healthy for my destiny, you know, and so I've definitely had to do that, and I've really been, you know, careful about that, um, and who, you know, just who I'm around, man, and even the, the smallest things, man, you know, if I'm laughing with somebody, you know, what am I laughing about, you know, um, that's so important, man. No, that's true, that's true, and I'm not, because sometimes we
0: may be inner Sometimes we may be entertaining something i mean some straight what I like to call it straight buffoonery, yeah you know, and the and the Bible speaks of that you know we have to be careful what we're entertaining um it's like if you entertain a thought, you enable a thought and, uh you know so that I definitely agree with that so. um and I you know it's it
1: that it, that is important, and I think that's one of the things that. Um, I think we neglect, you know, because we've known someone for so long, but their habits haven't changed and we're growing and we don't want to come off as judgmental or, you know, any elitist. Um, but, you know, it's like, Hey man, I, I want you to have better because, you know, you're up and, you know, it's, it, you have you have to make that decision for yourself, you know um and it's and it is okay it's i think one of the biggest things that people think it's wrong you know for you to be a good steward over your life it doesn't make you arrogant and it doesn't make you self righteous it just makes you a good steward over the individual that you allow yourself to become um and you are responsible for that, you know um, you know so that's another big thing that i've um held accountable to man um that's a huge discipline for me um you know, my relationships in my morning meditation and at night um and the other one man is is going and learning uh going to church um I know there is a huge turn off for people for certain people who may not believe, or may not know what to believe in, um, but church is, church is important because um, church is where we go to learn. Um, church is where we go to worship. And I'm not... You can worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Um, you know, but um, it's where we interact with the other body of believers, man. Um, and that is important to be around that. Um, it is. It is. It's, it's, important. it's important. You know... I know a lot of people um, badmouth church, um, you know, because they see people who are in the church operating as if they're not even believers, and that makes people not want to go to church. Um, True. So I definitely understand that there are, you know, um, there are double standards, man, and people who, and sometimes, honestly, people who are in church are religious and they are judgmental. Um, however, that does not, that does not, to find the relevance of church, because it is important. Um, sure, and you find,
0: even, you know, and you'll find uh, something bad, um, <clears throat> if you look long enough, my mother told me, she says, son, if you look for something uh, negative long enough or something bad long enough, you'll find it even in, even in good things,
1: you know. If you look for
0: something bad long enough, you'll even find the bad in the good things and And it's like what you say, you know we can't judge, in other words, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. water bath water if here, the right bathwater bath water is dirty we 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 throw the bathwater water out, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, the bath water, you know um uh, you know and and I think a lot of times we are a lot of times we're discounting um we're discounting, and we're not we're doing ourselves also a disservice when we don't allow the Lord um because he's 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 not just Savior, he's not just um God, he's not just Redeemer, but he's Lord, which makes him owner. Uh and the owner of what the scriptures tells us and I think it was Job says that um he is uh, you know, all things creation, even even the breath of mankind is in the hand of the Lord. And and so he he's Lord he he owns it all uh, according to the 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 oxygen and the H two O the water I drink the air I breathe like it, it is the heart that beats so much he's he's owner and whenever we begin to like you said um, not steward our lives well because people will call you self righteous and will call you you know why are you, yeah, why are you, why are you so uh, you know bent on this and bent on that and you know but one thing I've learned, and I'm reading a book by Charles Whitney, which is called um, Spiritual Disciplines, and it says he says uh, he says that di- direction, excuse me, discipline without direction is drudgery. Is discipline wow. without direction is drudgery. We all need to be disciplined in something, and we and, and that discipline gives us direction. Uh, you know what i'm saying but if there's no if there's no direction with that discipline it, it it's in vain it's it's vanity mm-hmm. and uh and and so you know when it comes to our holistic our well being it's not just the it's not just the years in our life but it's the life in our years that matter this is why he tells mm-hmm. the scripture tells us he teaches us to number you know uh he teaches us to, to number our days. You know, um, because man it's it's about the day. What what impact have I made? What impression have I made? Uh what what imprint have I left uh on someone that uh tells the difference? Uh because the inheritance isn't just what's gonna be left in their hand, it's gonna be levels left uh in their hearts and in their head. At the end of the day. You know, uh what have I left in someone's head that's gonna be able to challenge them? What what have I left in their heart, that's going to that's going to convict them, not because of what i said, but because of what the Word of God has actually uh, said. Uh, the conviction that Godly saw, which leads to repentance, and that repentance uh, is not to be regretted. So um, right. that's the salvation uh, of the Lord. Well, VC, I just want to thank you today for being a part of Table Talk. Um, I knew it was gonna be a great show. I, I thank you for your leadership. I thank you for the gift that you are to the body of Christ. Um, before we kind of slide out here, um, is there uh one last thing that you would like to say to our our listeners before we exit?
1: Um, yes. Um I would just say uh, be authentic. Um be you. Um just be yourself, God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you really are um and and that's and that's how you grow you know um He knows you so don't don't try to hide because he sees it anyway um and if you I promise you if you seek after him and you want to know him, the Bible tells us if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you um and I know that's a big quoting, bible scripture, but it's true. True. So it is. Uh, it is true. Um so be authentic. Um and be you. Um because that's the person that he that's the person that he speaks to. Um he doesn't speak to the image you give off, he doesn't speak to um your Instagram posts, your Instagram pictures you, he speaks to the you that he created. So um just be you. Yeah. So um V C um if there's
0: anybody that is listening today and they say, Hmm, you know, I would really love to connect with him. I would really love to get him to come speak um maybe to our youth or or, or at a at our church event or either um place of business, um, how can they how can someone reach you if they wanted to contact Brandon VC?
1: Yes, um so if anyone needs to contact me, you can just contact me at my email address, BMBC. V as in Victor, E A S E Y at a u mail dot a v e r e t t dot edu.
0: Gotcha. So, um, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's it. Uh, if you want to reach out to Brandon BC for a speaking engagement, so he can come and just challenge you. As you can see, as you heard today, um, just really thank god for him and the gift that he is um to the body of christ if you'd like to reach out to him uh, so that he can come maybe speak um so he could be a blessing to you i would encourage you to do so um truly he enriched us today uh with just revelation and the knowledge uh, of the word of god and we are truly thankful for him here at table talk today truly it was a blessing um, and he just truly just, just brought about those principles out in such a way that they were applicable, they were relatable, and they were relevant, uh, to our current day and, uh, and, and how, how we, uh, are actually living. listen, we're living a real, we live in a real world, um, and, and we serve a real God and, uh and there's a real enemy. There's a real enemy. And we need to be equipped and know the word of God from a biblical uh, literary, uh, perspective so that we're able to go out, be able to tackle and manage uh, the things that um, we encounter in life. Listen, being saved doesn't uh, make us immune a, a to life's troubles. let me <laughs> say that again. Being saved doesn't <laughs> make us immune to life troubles. Things will happen. Uh, And we will encounter things between faith and uncertainty, life will happen. And often it happens to the best of us. But when it does happen, I like what VC said, um, when the problem shows up, we have the answer. And that answer is found in the word of God. Well, guys, we thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe, subscribe, share this, be a blessing to someone. And just go out and just just light the world up uh, just with the love of God. And just go out and remember, uh, be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing to someone. Here at Table Talk, listen, we don't turn a deaf ear to it. We don't turn a blind eye to it, but we bring it to the table, and we talk about it. Today, we did that in such biblical literacy with my man, Brandon B.C., and we just thank you. And uh, go out, and like I said, just be a blessing to those in whom you encounter. We out. Table Talk.